Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. So we welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I'm going to be with you for the next 30 minutes. I am your host, Dan Canobio. And if you're watching us over on YouTube, thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page, CompuBox TV. Uh, drop in a lot of fight previews and this show. You can catch it there uh, every single week. Over on the Fubo Sports Network, Thursday night, 7 p.m. ET. You can catch this show along with some great programming. They're at the MLB Network. They've added ESPN. Fubo Sports Network is doing great things, and they are providing uh, some fight commentary with this show every single week over on the Fubo Sports Network. Of course, you can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget uh, to leave us a five-star rating and a review so we can keep doing this show every single week. Joining us on the program this week, he is Jonathan Lear. You know him as Ringwalk John of the Ringwalk podcast, one of the sharpest minds in boxing when it comes to sport uh, betting and handicapping. Uh, this guy is uh, really sharp and he, he knows his, his boxing and he knows his gambling. We're going to touch on the upcoming fights this weekend, uh, what you should bet, what, should, what you should not bet. More importantly, some of the bigger fights that are upcoming on the schedule. You know, the Jamal Charlo pay- double pay-per-view with Jamal Charlo uh, pay-per-view coming up at the end of September. Uh, Teofimo Lopez versus Vasil Lomachenko, Javante Davis, Leo Santa Cruz. All those fights are very intriguing in their own ways. And also talk about just gambling and boxing in general, where it's going, how it could be utilized more. Uh, really looking forward uh, to this conversation with uh, Jonathan Lear. Some news and notes because the boxing world is always buzzing and it is buzzing in a big way, especially when you talk about the biggest star in boxing. That's Canelo Alvarez. Trouble in paradise, a uh, love triangle we're seeing going on here between Canelo, Golden Boy, and The Zone. The latest is that The Zone wants to cut Canelo's purse of 30 record-breaking $35 million purse in half and DAZN says it has absolutely nothing to do with COVID. It has nothing to do with a, you know, slashing the prices because they are losing subscribers day by day. They say it has to do with Golden Boy not putting their best foot forward. Golden Boy not giving uh, DAZN premier events involving Canelo. Of course, DAZN signed Canelo Alvarez and they signed Triple G for that reason, that they would fight the third time. That's how you get subscribers. They have failed to do that. There are a lot of fingers you can point here. And I posed this question over on Twitter. If Canelo Alvarez hit the open market, do you think that he would get a similar type deal that he has with the zone right now? I, I, I really don't think so. You can look at it just like in sports. Uh, with uh, Go for the Yankees, for instance. Uh, J- Giancarlo Stanton has one of the biggest contracts in all of baseball. If he opts out after the 2020 season, would he get a similar deal? Would he get seven years, 220 plus? Probably not. So if you're Canelo Alvarez and you think that the zone has some some length here and the zone is not going to get out of boxing, you got to do everything you can to make them happy. You got to fight Triple G. You got to you know make that 35 million so it cont- cont- continues to happen. But it's easier said than done because the zone, uh, you know, setting out this message that they're cutting their their be- biggest stars purse in half and has nothing to do with economics and has to do with them being unhappy. Will the zone even be around? in 2021 I mean, i'm rooting for the zone because i have a lot of friends there and i think it's a great value for sports fans and i love the idea but there are some interesting things going on here with canelo golden boy and the zone keep an eye on that over in the heavyweight division joshua anthony joshua and kubert pulov are penciled in for a december 
12th return over at the O2 Arena, and they are flirting with a live crowd. How great would that be to have a crowd back? We saw it this past week uh, with Jeff Horn and Tim Zhu fighting in front of a social distance crowd. Uh, that was good to hear the roar of the crowd again. We can get that possibly back. This is an interesting fight. Pulev is a, a live dog in this fight. I think Pulev, he possesses the power, and if Anthony Joshua fights like he did in the rematch against Ruiz, I give Pulev a Somewhat of a shot. I still think Joshua will win. I want to see how Joshua comes out and fight and fights. Is he going to fight cautiously? Is he going to fight tentatively? Is he going to fight not to get knocked out? Or is he going to be the aggressor like he was in the first 16 fights of his career when he was knocking guys out? He was going for the kill. He was throwing more power punches than jabs. Now you look at Anthony Joshua in his five fights since Klitschko. He's throwing a lot more jabs than power punches. He's become a cautious fighter. Interesting to see what Joshua will look like. If that happens on December 12th, penciled in. I think a lot of things are penciled in. More fights that are penciled in. And I wish this was the same card, but it's not. We're going to see the return of the monster. Inoue going up against Maloney. I like this fight a lot. I like this fight a lot. And it's also uh, the same night on Halloween night. We could see the return of Alexander Usyk going up against Derek Chisora. So you can have Alexander Usyk and Inoue on the same night of Halloween. Imagine, let's just... just Imagine here that they could fight on the same card on Halloween. The type of marketing you could push into that. The Monster and Usyk. But boxing uh, is what it is. Fractured sport. We're going to get both of those fights on probably different platforms. Uh, in no way, obviously, we'll be fighting. Making his top-ranked debut on ESPN. Usyk, DAZN. Uh, yeah, what's left of DAZN. And I don't want to write DAZN off yet. But uh, they have Usyk coming up here. And they also have Joshua penciled in uh, for December 12th. That is the news and notes. After... Uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to Jonathan Lear. And we're also going to get into some of the fights that are upcoming this weekend. But here he is, the host of the Ring Walk podcast, Jonathan Lear. It is time to now bring in one of my favorite guys in boxing. I think he is the best sports or the best boxing handicapper. He's the most jacked boxing handicapper in the game. I'm talking ring walk John. Jonathan Lear coming to us from the great state of Washington. John, this has been a long time coming to get you on the show. How you doing, my friend? Had to work my way up to it, and the missus <laughs> is very happy seeing as if it wasn't with me, she'd be with you. Wow. So thanks for the praise and acumen, but uh, that's way too much, my friend. I'm very lucky to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Uh, you're, I consider you a friend in the sport, uh, a friend in the industry, and now we get to talk some boxing. You're big into the, the sports gambling. You're a sports handicapper. You do a great job with your show, uh, the Ringwalk Podcast. Go check it out if you want to make some money uh, in the sport of boxing. I want to talk to you about some of the, the, the gambling aspect of boxing, what we're seeing here in 2020. First of all, uh, where do you see gambling going in boxing, and do you think it's being utilized enough? I don't think it's being utilized enough. You've started to see uh, Fox start to put out lines, zone start to put out lines uh, during the fights. But you can see what happens with the UFC. Uh, closer fights, more action, and they're putting lines on the TV regularly, which encourages people to say, oh, wait a minute, while they're watching, that reminds me, I might need to throw down a little bit of money. It can grow. There is a infinite ceiling for handicapping and boxing. It's just how much and when uh, that's gonna be utilized by the big networks that can see that there's a benefit to having uh, handicappers watching their sport and getting engaged with them. No, I agree. I, I don't think that it's utilized enough. You know, just putting up the odds before the fight, that, that doesn't tell you enough. That doesn't uh, give it enough. This is boxing, a sport that, you know, is not on the same level as NBA or NFL, and they have embraced gambling. 
Why hasn't boxing embraced it, in your opinion, and what more could they do? It's one of the biggest questions I always have, because when you think about the roots of boxing, it's always synonymous with gambling. Um, there's a few things that the networks could do, which is release information uh, to BoxRec a little bit earlier. That way, once that happens, the lines makers know that fights are official and they can start putting those things out. Obviously, I'm going to say it just like all of us say it every single week, more competitive fights make for <laughs> better wagering and also more books knowing that there's gamblers out there. I tell people that listen to my show every week, call up your book say hey i want to bet on this fight why aren't there more propositions and offers for me to bet on this if there is a way for books to make money they will do it they just don't know that they're out there so a lot of times guys look up on their website go to their bookie see that there's nothing there and go oh well there's nothing to bet if you want to bet on boxing you can you just have to call yeah the matchups i think that's a really good point because going back to nfl go back to nba there are compelling matchups every single week and that's what gamblers like where they can find some odds and they can find some plays. Boxing, not so much, especially in 2020, where we've seen a lot of chalk up and down the board. It hasn't been that many 50-50 fights. We're going to get more of those in the final quarter of 2020. We'll touch on more of that uh, later uh, in this conversation. But where do you see or do you see an uptick? Where's gambling in, in terms of boxing right now? Is it's, I look at it as, as a twofold thing. Do you feel like people don't have a lot of extra cash to throw around or are they being a little more willing? You know what? I can't make a lot of money, but you know, there's a there's a way for me to make more. It's it's a great question. Uh, I'm sure that some people were using some of that money that was coming in on unemployment, on gambling that didn't need it. But you're right. We are dealing with a massive pandemic going across the country. The extra money isn't really there and so it does cause a little bit of concern and i think that that's probably why there are people that are just you know a little bit tighter with their purse strings there's a lot going on in the country and a lot of things that may make you say i'm not going to throw 50 bucks down on this fight that being said uh you see a lot more uptick i have seen a lot more uptick in my show i think that people are also looking for a good diversion mm -hmm. and sometimes when fights especially in the sport of boxing are so one-sided people are looking for or any kind of way to make it more interesting with propositions on the fights, trying to figure out how many rounds that it goes, how a fighter can win. That's a place where somebody might not have the large amounts of money to put on big bets on really close fights, but you might see people starting to put together parlays, proposition bets, people looking a little bit more deep into the gambling game to find something that might make a lopsided fight a little bit more fun with a little bit less money. Biggest bet you've cashed in on in the boxing world in your life? Oh, Lordy. Probably some parlays. I've laid out uh, some sizable money. Now, my missus is going to watch this, so <laughs> there is a little bit of concern. Uh, probably last year, the biggest bet that I had uh, cashed in on was on the rematch of Joshua Ruiz, mm. and that going specifically to decision. Uh, I knew that Joshua was not going to make the same mistake twice and go to decision on that. So when you're talking about numbers, there have been plenty of fights where we might have made up to five digits and that's coming from somebody that does a podcast and training for a living so you know that was a pretty big bet for me wow that's big i like that i like to hear that let's talk about some of the fights that are upcoming this weekend a lot of chalk on the board you got jamel herring going up against oquendo and you got ugas versus ramos two sizable favorites on the a side of things uh, what are you seeing this weekend and what can you uh what you tell betters uh, about this upcoming weekend 
Sure, lines are just coming out. Uh, they're not the biggest favorites in the world like we had seen last week when you have like a guy like Dubois being a 1 to 100, right? Mm -hmm. Both of the fights are in the 1 to 12 range, meaning that you're laying out $1,200 to win $100 back. And while that might not be appealing, what you can do at many books is see kind of what you know way the fight is going to go. If you have a good feeling about Jamel Herring, you've watched a lot of his fights and you say, I think he's going to win, but I don't want to lay $1,200 to win 100 against a guy like Oquendo who has fought some similar opponents like Lamont Roach, you might want to look at which way is it going to end. Right. Uh, in that, you can get a little bit closer odds. Right now, Jamel Herring going the distance, which is something that he has done and usually does do against a guy who has also done the same and against similar opposition, is paying minus 188 at books as an early offer. And that's a lot closer of a bet that you might look at. Jamel has said that he wants to make a statement before the Frampton fight, and if you bet on him to get a knockout, it's paying at 2-1. to one. Those are things that are a little bit closer. Ugas is a great fighter, somebody that I personally have beating Sean Porner except for that you know kind of faint knockout right. he's really good and deserves a lot but he's in a very easy matchup in my eyes and laying that much money oh boy I'm gonna wait to see what the propositions have to say before I put anything out there yeah that's the one thing I like about following you and is that you won't tell betters to bet just for the sake of putting down money if there's sometimes the best bet is the one you don't make <laughs> and that yeah. certainly has been happening a lot over these past couple of weeks with some of these you know showcase types of fights that we're going to get obviously there are some bigger fights coming up you follow boxing you can see that it's going to get better in end of september it's going to get better in october and right in, into november let's start with the charlo twins uh that's an interesting fight i'll start with jamal charlo going up against derivichenko derivichenko's been in some wars lately i think that triple g fight took a lot out of him i was very lucky to be ringside for that one of the most savage fights i'd ever uh seen ringside do you think that takes a little bit of the of the uh the tread off the tires for derivichenko or do you feel like uh you know he he's going to be in tough with charlo biggest fight of his career you have to think that there's a reason why Charlo wanted the Derevchenko fight. Derevchenko could you could say the same that he chose this, but this is truly a 50-50 fight as far as pay-per-views go. You're seeing some of the early money go on Charlo, and there's a few reasons why. I always bet narratives. One, Derevchenko has gone down early in a few fights, yep. and you can argue that he did lose, quote unquote, even though it was a very close fight against Triple G. But there were a lot of rumors about Triple G having a very very bad flu. One that which he said afterwards was the truth. And at on a PBC card, when you think that judges do play a pretty big role, and that tends to be the case in these pay-per-views, you can understand why some of the early money is going on Charlo, even though it is a close fight, and Derevchenko is going to put a lot of pressure that uh, Charlo hasn't seen before. John, I'm glad you brought up the judging, because do you think that the average better or do you think that boxing betting can't reach its highest potential because they take a look at some of these scorecards they took a, a look at what has been a long line of let's just say it borderline corruption in the sport of boxing and say you know what i'm not going to throw my money into something that i don't know or something that's out of my hands with the judge that can happen for the average better who say tunes in for triple g canelo sees an adelaide bird you know decision and goes why am i throwing money into this however if you are gambling on the sport on a regular basis you get a better understanding of maybe which way the cards will go and you take that into consideration when you're going to be gambling is this fighter prone to go decision is this somebody that knocks somebody out is this a house fighter on his network going into a close fight in which they're looking to promote him and you take those things 
into consideration when you're betting. It becomes a variable just like any other sport that has plenty of them. Yeah, of course. Uh, some other big fights coming up on the schedule, and I wanted to get your thoughts on on Tiafimo and, and, and Lomachenko. First, from a fight fan, how do you see this fight playing out? Or the odds on it, because I think a lot of fans can agree that it's one of the closest 50-50 fights on the schedule upcoming. Yeah, it's a 50-50 fight in everybody's mind. And no matter who you talk to, it's one way or another, and they feel pretty adamant about it. The books don't feel the same. They are giving a lot of credit to Lomachenko. And right now, you're going to have to lay 400 to get 100 on Lomachenko. And before that wows you, you have to take into consideration that for Tio, this is a massive step up in competition. This is a guy that can handle you whether you're well-schooled, like, say, Luke Campbell, who he handled and could have gotten out of there in the late rounds. And you have to also take into consideration, too, that for Tiafimo Lopez, most people consider him having to knock out Lomachenko in order to get a decision. That's what the thought process would be. Whereas Lomachenko can outpoint you and can knock you out. And so right now, if you are somebody that sees Tiafimo as in a 50-50 fight, you're getting a very good return at anywhere from plus 275 to plus 300 uh, to get that money. If you are somebody, though, that thinks that Tiafimo has to knock him out. I would wait to bet until the propositions come out because you're going to double up your money saying, if Tio's going to win, he's going to knock him out. I see him knocking out. You might want to wait for a proposition bet there and maybe get anywhere from plus 500 to plus 600 money on knocking out somebody as good as Lomachenko. Man, that fight excites me. That fight is just, yeah. just hearing, just talking about it, talking about a, a 50-50 fight, unification, young lion. I know that 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 is a in itself is something that's being overblown a little bit. Uh, Lomachenko, yeah, he's 32, but he has a lot of, of tread on his tires as well. Man, that fight is just, it excites me. About as big as it comes this year. Uh, love it. Uh, you know, I skipped over some other fights that are upcoming on, on the schedule as well. Is there anything you see from uh, Jamel Charlo or maybe the Javante Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz in terms of the odds, in terms of, of the books being intriguing? I think the Davis line would be bigger, but there are plenty of people that have concerns about weight issues, out of the ring issues. I still think, though, that at that weight, Davis is going to still be too much for Leo Santa Cruz. The odds reflect that. Uh, you're going to see that line probably grow, in my opinion, from minus 300 to minus 400 by the time fight uh, fight time comes. And as far as Jason Rosario goes against Charlo, he is a good size underdog, even though he's the one with more belts in the plus 350 to plus 400 range. And for a guy with that much power, that might be a sneaky underdog pick. Okay. It is hard because all of these fights are really close and the odds are at a place where you don't want to lay too much on one side and you still want to get a bigger return on the next. It's a really fun time in the next couple of months as a handicapper. Yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on Santa Cruz for some reason. I think he can take Davis into deep waters. I think Davis has never faced someone uh, with the volume of Santa Cruz. The only thing comes the power comes into play. With, with and with that high punch output, he could steal a lot of rounds. Yep. So it might be more play to take him decision. Even though, even though he is slowing down, Santa Cruz not throwing <laughs> as many punches per round as he came in. I think he was averaging around 86 thrown per round. Starting to tick down a little bit, of course, you know, with time, all those numbers are going to go down. No one is built like a machine. But before we let you go, John, you're built like a machine. Before we let you go, your bold prediction for the final quarter of 2020, we've now entered September. It has been a very strange year in the world of boxing. I expect even more stranger things to happen between now and uh, December 31st. What is your bold prediction for the final I remaining months of 2020? 
I want to be optimistic because 2020 has just been awful, but I can't because I'm going to bet on the continuing trend. I'm a gambler. I'm going to bet on the continuing trend. I think two of the biggest names in boxing not only are not going to fight in 2020, and that's Manny Pacquiao and Canelo Alvarez, I think the next time that we see them, they're going to be on different networks in 2021. I think Manny Pacquiao is going to be finally fighting maybe one more fight, and I think that's going to happen over a top rank once they figure out who Terrence Crawford is going to fight after Kel Brook, and that'll happen in 2021 as a farewell sign. And I think Canelo Alvarez is either going to be done with the zone, the zone might be done in just in general by 2021, and he might start up his own promotion company via like Mayweather, and we could see him on a different network. Either way, I don't see two of the biggest fighters in boxing fighting in 2020. Bold. Love it. John, I'll tell you what. I think by the end of, not the, I wouldn't say the end of this year, but maybe next mm-hmm. year, just imagine. We're back at the MGM. We're at the sports book. We're drinking some adult beverages. We're watching boxing, the biggest fights on a big fight weekend. I see that happening, man. Keep that in man. your mind. Keep that in your mind. Oh. I want to bet on that one. <laughs> Jonathan Lear of the Ring Walk Podcast. Go give him a follow. Has a great show. Pumps it out every single week. Great content. Thanks for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. Got to get you on again soon. Thank you so much, Dan. And a special thanks to our guest, Jonathan Lear of the Ring Walk Podcast. Go follow him. You want to make some money on sports gambling? He is your guy. And a very bold prediction from Jonathan. That's what I like here. Bold, bold, bold. And really not that uh, unrealistic. You know, Canelo, we talked about it, has a lot of problems with the zone. I would not be shocked if, if Canelo uh, goes his separate ways. It's I mean, a lot, a lot of us don't know. That's the thing. Is We have no idea what goes on behind closed scenes. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to speculate about. You see it happening on Twitter uh, all the time. It's it's part of being a boxing fan is, is thinking about what they're going to do contract-wise and all that. But keep an eye on that. And a special thanks to Jonathan Lear uh, for coming on with us. And I do hope that boxing starts to utilize the gambling aspects a little more. How about a, a gambling show? How about bringing it into the forefront? How about a, on a telecast, instead of just flashing the betting odds at the bottom, have someone like Jonathan Lear come on your screen and tell you why you should bet on this. Like it more engagement between the fans and the boxing. I think that will be a thing uh, moving forward. Some upcoming fights this weekend. Not the biggest slate of fights, but there are some decent names on the schedule. Uh, Jamel Herring will be fighting over on ESPN against Jonathan, don't call me Frez Oquendo. And uh, this is a fight now. This is the third attempt to make this fight. And we saw this past weekend with Jose Ramirez and Victor Postal. That was a fight that was scheduled multiple times before it went off. And we thought about what it would mean uh, mentally, mentally and physically for both Ramirez and Postal. Granted, uh, that fight was originally scheduled for way back in the beginning of 2020, so that's a long time for Ramirez and Postal to train for one fight. I don't think that's going to be the same case with Herring. This is a shorter time span, and also this is a guy I'm not about to to question the mental fortitude and the physical fortitude of a guy like Jamel Herring, who is a decorated uh, war veteran and a guy that has been through a lot in his personal life. But training for uh, one fight over and over and over does take a toll, but I expect Herring uh, to pick up a W in this fight. Oquendo is very game. He's tough, 37 years old. He's been in there with Abner Maris and Juan Ma Lopez. That was early in his career. As of late, uh, he took on Lamont Roach, a fight that many thought that Oquendo won. He outworked the younger Roach, so I expect uh, Herring to win that one. Over on Fox... Uh, PBC, this is a Sunday night fight. You're Dennis Ugas versus Abel Ramos. I'm a huge fan of Ugas. Uh, some, I'm going to throw out some stats at you about your Dennis Ugas. Ranks number two behind only Crawford. Terrence Crawford with a plus 9.2, plus minus. Uh, only Spence and Jamal James 
land more punches per round than Ugas. Only Keith, uh, he throws more punches than Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, and Sean Porter. Basically what I'm saying is your Dennis Ugas is an elite fighter, and I think that he should be in there with the names of Terrence Crawford. He should be in there with the Spences. He should be in there with with Terrence, uh, with Keith Thurman. I do, um, obviously Ramos is a decent opponent, but let's let's get your Dennis Ugas in bigger fights. And last time we saw Ramos, he picked up a Hail Mary win. He always comes to fight. Those are the fights this weekend. Uh, keep it locked here on Inside Boxing Live. Uh, don't forget to check us out over on our YouTube page and all the places you can find the show. Thank you, Jonathan Lear. Thank you for everyone here. We'll catch you next week.